Hey, it's Ralph here. Q1 is now closing and it probably didn't go as well as you had hoped, but I'm sure your agency is probably telling you that they crushed it. But in reality, it crushed you. If your agency isn't on the same page as you are, if there's something wrong, but you can't quite put your finger on what that thing is, go on over to tier11.com forward slash apply. It will set you up on a call to show you a better way to look at your business, not just metrics that make us agencies look good, but something that actually moves the needle and makes you more money, acquires more new customers, and ultimately achieves your vision. Head on over to tier11.com forward slash apply today. Hello and welcome to the Perpetual Traffic Podcast. This is your host, Ralph Burns, and this is the show where we share cutting edge strategies and acquiring leads and sales for your business through paid traffic. And today we're going to be talking all about the personal injury law space. Kasim Aslam, my awesome co-host. How are you, buddy? Ralph Burns. I'm living the dream, man. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Not many people know this, but maybe we should just announce it. What the hell? We'll just throw it out there into the interwebs, into the podcasting world, is that Tier 11 now owns perpetual traffic. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. You're your own man now, Ralph. Yeah. I control my own destiny, I suppose. But no, this this has been a collaboration with Digital Marketer and Ryan Dice and and the people over at Scalable now for almost seven years, and we've sort of co-branded this podcast. And now, as of first of the year, really, it's a Tier 11 brand. It's all under Tier 11. So we actually did a transaction with these guys, and it worked out really well. It worked out well for everyone, and it's been a, a great partnership that we've had for years and years, and, and now it's we're wholly owned. So the goal here is to, is to step up the, the content, probably step up the promotion, I think, maybe a little bit, and continue to deliver the goods here. And Kasim, you've decided to stay on. We locked you into a three-year, multi-million dollar contract. Yeah, I so, thought that was 30. Did I misread that? 30? Oh, yeah. 30 years, yeah. Yeah, yeah 30 years. That's, that's good. Let's hope we're all around in 30 <laughs> years. <laughs> Or a podcast will be around in 30 years. But yeah, so we're pretty excited because we're going to, we're just going to, you know, continue to, to deliver good content, but also really listen to you, the, the perpetual traffic listener, which we've always tried to do. And now we have more autonomy to be able to do, you know, really what we, what we want, not that digital marketer ever limited us as far as what content goes. Cause they've been a, like I said, a tremendous partner, love those guys, still have a great relationship with them. It's just a lot of fun to do this show and to, to get on a couple of times a week and talk about the stuff we're really passionate about, which is this case study right here, which actually has a big Google element, which is kind of cool. Awesome. So I'd be very interested to get your take on it. You haven't seen this as of yet. So before we get into today's case study in the personal injury niche, which is a pretty tough niche to be successful on online, Kasim, do you have a, a life-changing nugget for the Life-changing, Ralph. The bar is so high. Feeling this nugget, actually. They, we, we just had our, our very first mastermind meeting for Driven Mastermind. You like how I plugged my mastermind just then, Ralph, on That's your podcast? Pretty good. Yeah. Driven. Driven, yeah, just snuck that right in. But we, as part of Driven, we do this thing called Tool Time, and everybody comes up and they present the tools that they're using that are like, you know, having massive impacts on their business. And the one that's getting the most buzz right now, and we're not an affiliate, is content fries. Fries like French fries, content fries. And it's this really cool SaaS application that's no money. It's like 50 bucks a month or something. I'm looking at the pricing page now. Their superb plan is $49 a month. 
and it does content repurposing on an automated scale. So you take long form videos, so like we could record this podcast, for instance, because we record inside of Riverside and we actually get the video for the podcast. For those of you listening and don't know that, you could take this video and then they call the long form videos potatoes. And then you split them up into what they refer to as crispy bite-sized content fries. And it helps with distribution across, you know, Instagram or Snapchat or Reels or LinkedIn or Twitter or whatever. It's just, it's just really well done. You could, you could hack this yourself. You know, if you got really good at video editing or Descript plus Canva plus, you know, but it just brings it all into one place and makes it super sticky. And I think the, the need for content repurposing is only going to amplify because there's so many disparate channels and so many people creating content, but you're not maximizing. Content creation is the hardest part. Content right. repurposing is easy and yet that's what everybody skips. Yeah. So if you're creating content, go check out Content Fries. Cool little nugget there for you. Let us know what you think and how you use it. Is it content fries exactly like how French fries are spelled? Yep. F-R-I-E-S. F-R-I-E-S, contentfries.com. Dot com. Yeah, this is the thing I think that a lot of people do struggle with. It's not like they don't have the content in their heads. It's getting it out there, but then the dissemination and the distribution and the bite-sized chunk side of the equation is a super important format. Right. Like for us, and I know you guys do this as well. It's like, we're really just a content factory. And we took the Dennis Yu podcast really to heart, you know, paid him a thousand dollars, got on the phone with him, went through everything. And now it's really, it's, it's transformed how we distribute and how we create content. And, but bite-sized chunks for reels, for YouTube shorts, for TikToks, like all that stuff does require editing typically from a, a, a longer form video. Like the longer form videos I find are easier to use. Like for example, we're here recording perpetual traffic and we're now going to use these videos and then disseminate them on our YouTube channel and, you know, create shorts and do all the other sorts of things that go along with it. So content fries, do they like no, like if you, if you upload a five minute video or a 10 minute video, does it know like what nuggets to sort of pull out in order to create like a TikTok or a reel or a short? Like how smart is the technology? It's not AI driven just yet. I imagine that's probably where it's going to go. And who knows if these are the guys that take it there, right? Because in a perfect world, it's exactly what you're saying. There's, there's, there's an application that goes through and identifies value-driven content based off of predefined parameters that you would set topically. So you'd say, okay, we're a Facebook ad agency, pull out everything that you think is pertinent to Facebook ads, and those become the fries. Content fries is really just an editor and it's not even a, a super elegant editor. You know, like if you're really good at video editing, you're going to look at it and think that it's, it's limited, but that's not for you. It's for people that aren't good at editing at all. And it says, here are the editing tools and only what you need specifically for social media. So, you know, they do like, you know, captions and trimming and lower thirds and fade in fade, like all the kind of fun Instagram, TikTok-y real stuff that you look at when you're scrolling through those things. And you're like, how on earth did they do that? Content Fries makes that stuff a little bit easier. And then it helps with repurposing the same content for different contexts, you know, cause sometimes you want it horizontal, sometimes you want it vertical, sometimes you want captions up, sometimes you want captions up. So like putting yourself in a position to where you can produce multiple pieces of media without doing the redundant work. And then little things like, you know, removing us and O's and, and a lot of the stuff that Descript does, removing some mm. of the silence. They have templates too. So like you can put video and media inside of predefined kind of think of them as Canva templates, but for videos. So 
it's just, I mean, it's worth 50 bucks, right? Like it just makes editing easier and faster. And if you had an EA that went and cracked the code on this, like that's a whole agency model, by the way. Mm. It's just go train a bunch of EAs on content repurposing. This is a, a small dream of mine, by the way, Ralph. I, I want to start an agency and I want to start it specifically for single mothers in emerging nations. And I want to go hire every single mother in an emerging nation that I possibly can because I think they're the most at-risk demographic and pay them to do content repurposing for people because it's something they can do on their own time from home. So now you gave a single mom the opportunity to make more money she could make anywhere else working from home with a free schedule. I think it's the best gift you could give. And it would be an amazing value proposition for people that are, you know, that need this content repurposing. So content yeah. price is only the software. If you're listening to this and, and you're looking for the next big idea, man, is this one of them? You know, yeah. like go get good at the content repurposing because just because you have the software doesn't mean that the work is being done yet. AI will do it someday, but you know, maybe not just yet. It's funny, we just got off a, a discovery call with a customer or a potential customer and this is exactly what I told them that they needed. But yeah. what they needed, they needed to get somebody to be able to chop up. They have a lot of video content, but they, I said, you know, you need somebody, you know, on Upwork or whatever it happens to be to go and actually do the content chopping and the editing and the production part of things to get on all the social channels that you're not on. And, but this is maybe the solution. And uh, I love the idea of the agency component part of things, which is something that we might have to discuss a little bit later because that's, that's exactly the way that I'm thinking, sort of next step post mm -hmm. either pre or post tier 11. But anyway, great nugget there. Thanks for bringing that one up. I'm certainly going to take that back to my team because I know getting more efficient with uh, with content dissemination and editing is is really is is so vital right now. <laughs> I mean, that's where all the leads are coming from, at least from our perspective. So oh, ours too, man. Yeah, big time. You're listening to Perpetual Traffic. Well, there is no question that when it comes to influence and persuasion in digital marketing, no one, and I mean no one, commands more respect than Dr. Robert Cialdini. If you have never read his books, Influence and Persuasion, I swear you are missing so much in your digital marketing, not only as an influencer and an advertiser, but as just a great marketer. And that's why I'm so excited to invite you to a free webinar where he'll be sharing his latest insights on new e-commerce strategies. Now, alongside Dr. Cialdini, you'll learn from Bass Wouters and the authors of Reputation King, my buddy Scott Branley and DJ Sprague. Attendees will absolutely be able to understand exactly how to gain a competitive edge in the marketplace by leveraging online reputation management. Now, that's something that we haven't talked about here on this show all that much. And it's more reason for you to register for the webinar here, which is completely free over at reputationking.com forward slash PT. So join us on April 18th from 12 noon to 2 p.m. Eastern. That's 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Pacific for you West Coasters by registering at reputationking.com forward slash PT. Once again, that's reputationking.com forward slash PT. Cialdini has been a huge influence on me, and I can't wait to see how his new e-commerce strategies resonate with you and how they affect your business in a positive way using reputation management. Make sure that you register for the April 18th free webinar at reputationking.com forward slash PT.
All right, well, let's get into the case study here today. And I'd love for you to, you know, poke some holes in this if oh, need I'm be. Go to war with you. <laughs> yeah. Now that you're the owner of the podcast, like it's just, it's a take no prisoner moment here, Ralph. I'm just going to make you earn it. Yeah. Good. <laughs> Good. I like that. I like, I like being, being a little bit uncomfortable. That's when, That's I'm, right. that's when I feel like I'm actually learning and growing. <laughs> All right. So the case study, and we're, if you're watching this on YouTube, which we're going to see these soon on YouTube, you'll actually see all the slides here. We will also have a download for you in the show notes that you can grab if you want to get a PDF version of this as well. But this is a case study that really is like hot off the presses. This was just the last four months of 2022. So, I mean, this is not something that we did years ago. This is something that's really just a new discovery. And like I said, it's in the personal injury law space, which is a tough space. And clicks are wicked expensive, yep. as you know. And so if, if you're not a personal injury attorney and you're listening to this show, you're like, ah, that's not really for me. Well, it actually is for you because it's in such a challenging space. You could take the same principles and apply them to your business. Mm. And the way that we approach this is very, very different than I think a lot of traditional, primarily Google pay-per-click agencies. So once again, like this was a blending of a couple of different strategies here. The results were this, is that we got them 120% increase in leads, 37% in cost per lead, we increased their contacts, which is important, by 216%. And they had a 56% decrease in cost per click. So that's all well and good. But at the end of the day, what personal injury lawyers like, like these guys, this is one of the largest injury lawyers in the Michigan area, one of the biggest ones in the US. They were looking for local cases. And obviously, clicks are expensive in this space. So we actually, in one case, paid $873.39 for one click. Now, if you're doing this all the time and you're not getting the result that you want, that $873 is a wasted click. But that click actually turned into a signed case. And a signed case is what personal injury lawyers really care about. And there's a way to do this. There's, I think, a lot of... A lot of and I used to do a lot in the personal injury space, especially in the SEO space, especially here in Massachusetts for some huge personal injury lawyers, we could never get Facebook and Google to really work together. And this is what we were able to do because the cost per click are so damn expensive. Now, this one click was $873, but we spent multiple hundreds on clicks and got the same sort of results that we're gonna be talking about here. So we actually did do that, and here's how. This is the big top secret strategy, and you know this, obviously, as a Google ad agency, is that Google knows a ton of stuff about you. And, I believe it was you, but you shared this with me, is that you intercepted an internal memo that you probably weren't supposed to see that showed what about how much Google knows about you. Can you divulge that once again? I know we've talked about it here on the podcast a couple of different times. Yeah, Google used to promote this data point and they've since cleansed all of their literature, but Google has 72 million demographic and psychographic profiling factors on every human that engages with the Google ecosystem. And that's years old, Ralph. Years 72 old. million. 72 million. It's got, it has to have gone up since then. Sure. Because things have gotten more complex. 
Yeah, and that's a lot of data points. So you combine that with, at last check, from what we've been told from our partner manager at Meta, Meta being Facebook, Instagram, Messenger, all that, WhatsApp, is that Meta has about 55,000 data points on every single one of its users. That makes Google 1,300, 1,400 times more knowledgeable about their user base, not necessarily just their user base, but every human on the planet. So leveraging that understanding is allowing Google advertisers to get even better at what they're doing. You've certainly seen this with Performance Max campaigns. We've certainly seen it. And our friends over at Best VPN actually did a whole sort of infographic on how Google tracks you. And it's through Chrome, it's through YouTube, Maps, Hangouts, Waze, Calendar, Shopping, Google Fit, Ads, Search, News, Gmail, like Drive, anything that you upload into Drive, it's crazy. They know what you look like, what you sound like, if you have dietary restrictions, if you have kids, what your kids look like, how healthy you are. They grab this from all the things that we upload into Google. They also know everywhere you've been, where you live, where you go, how fast you drive, if you speed, if you go to a bar and then you drive, like who you talk to, who you hang out with, what you like, what you dislike, through all the different things, you know, through books, videos, stores, through Chrome, search, news, they are the internet. They even know what your future plans are. They know I'm flying to Tampa next week because they know they're reading my Gmail. They understand my online life. They know every website I've ever visited, good or bad, you know, your open tabs, your bookmark pages. All this information is collected and it's aggregated into these 72 million data points that make this platform so incredibly powerful. Now, we come at it different than you all do. Like you are Google first, we're typically meta first and then Google. Hmm. In this particular case, we look at everything through like a meta lens with how Google and, and Facebook can really work together. Or Google and meta can work together. So leveraging those 72 million psychographic and demographic factors on every human on the planet. Now, if this scares the crap out of you, then probably means you aren't a marketer, right, Kasim? <laughs> I mean, people who aren't marketers listening to this show, I sort of have to imagine that you're probably involved in marketing in some way. Maybe you're a CMO, maybe you're a CEO, maybe you're a director of marketing, maybe you're an agency. But this is exciting. Dude, it's now, funny because I am a marketer and this scares the crap out of me. <laughs> I'm a marketer. I'm not even a privacy first nut. You know, I think that there's a balance. There's a healthy balance and a balance of risks and you have to let people track some things. Otherwise, there's no efficacy of marketing and advertising. It actually hurts people long term, hurts small businesses especially. I can make a whole libertarian argument for why privacy first is, is bad, but some privacy is necessary. And yeah. like the thing that freaks me out, I say this in my keynote, Google knows who's in Alcoholics Anonymous, who's cheating on their spouse, who's about to declare bankruptcy. Like, and here's what's crazy, Ralph. I can target people based on those parameters. I yes. know they say you can't. I can show you in two clicks exactly how you can just go in a roundabout way. It's, it's intrinsic qualification. I can target people on sexual orientation. You shouldn't be able to do that. So, I mean, something's got to give at some point. But in the meantime, we can use it to make money. So it's okay. <laughs> right. Yeah. I, I think we could do an entire show on the ethical dilemma oh, here. Dear. But as a marketer, I think about it as, all right, I'm using these 72 million data points 
for good, for helping people get to a solution through advertising. Who's to say? So, you know, is it good or is it bad? Like, that's the ethical dilemma. For me, I think it's actually good. Having worked with personal injury law in the past, yes, some of them are, you know, not so upstanding people, but a lot are. This particular case study is about a firm that I actually really believe they are trying to help people not take advantage of the system, but actually get something that's owed to them because the insurance company is not forking over the dollars that could actually help them with their medical or whether they're their pain or whether you know they're out of work. A lot, a lot of things that happen to people. Thankfully, this has never happened to me. The point is, is Google is probably the best place to find people who have been in car accidents and hit the demographics and the psychographics that potentially could evolve into cases that are lucrative for that client, but also, hey, let's call it what it is. The personal injury lawyers, you know, get their fees based upon whatever the settlement is. And it's usually, you know, 20, 30, 40%, depending on where it's at. So Google, by going out and, and using these 72 million data points, like I said, they know how fast we drive. They know where we're heading thanks to Waze, Maps, and just tracking on their, our phones through you know, Android devices. They also know like what apps we're using and whether we're using those apps while we're driving <laughs> and whether we text, whether we call, whether we email, you know, whether we're you know, uh, answering messenger you know, messages while we're driving. Like They know all this. So Google actually does know when car accidents are most likely to happen. And this is just one niche of all the things that Google knows. So that's why law firms, if you're actually doing this, should be using Google to be able to find these types of people just as a general rule. Not, we'll talk about like the cost per click and the expense of all this in, in this case study, but just as a general rule, like this is a known entity that we now know that Google knows this. and. If you're looking for people who have been in car accidents or are likely to be in a car accident, Google might even be able to predict that based upon what they, what they know. Dude, Google's going to be able to predict the denial of the insurance claim. Google knows who you are demographically and, and more importantly, socioeconomically. So they know where you land. They know what you pay for insurance. They know who you're insured through. They know what your insurance policy is because it landed in your Gmail. They got the <laughs> Gmail that says rejected. Like, you know, they're all, the, it's not even, it's not even something they need to intuit. It's just, oh, can they parse through the data and append that information to your, your user record and then assign that some level of value when an advertiser comes and says, this is who I want to bid on. It's insane. Yeah. Yeah. It, it really is. So on all sides of the equation, they know the truth, right? It's right. the all knowing eye, right? <laughs> Google is sore on. Google is Sauron. Yeah, absolutely. We're we'll nerd with this, Ralph. Why wouldn't we? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, a part to this is the other side of the equation. This was really sort of important with this case study is using a 90-day window and leveraging that attribution window through Google platforms. You can't really do this through Meta, but this is something that our team found is that most personal injury lawyers or agencies, or if they have an internal team, focus on sort of the click on the ad and the phone call and the lead. Whereas 
What really matters in these cases, and I think this is where you can relate this over to maybe your business, your business, maybe you have a, a qualification process where somebody comes in as a phone call, they talk to somebody, they get on a sales call, and then maybe there's a qualification process in order to decide whether or not they get into the driven mastermind. Okay, or whatever it happens to be. That might be one to four weeks, it might be a couple of weeks. In this case, a case review happens after all the, the click, after the phone call, after the lead intake, they review the case. And then this can take several days or weeks for the internal teams, especially at this law firm, to review whether or not the case actually has a chance of getting a settlement for the client and also a potential payout for the actual law firm. So that, that typical way in which a lead flows is really a sort of a, a different way of looking at things. And that's why Google's 90 day, 90 day window is so important because it will be able to capture this and be able to get the actual event that matters most, which is a signed case, as opposed to a lead or a call. Who cares about the leads or the calls? Like we know not all leads are, are the same, not all calls. You do a lot of you know ad accounts that are call based, but it's really, it's everything that's afterwards that's most important. So if you're bidding on keywords like car accident attorney, lawyer for car accident, all of this is like what most law firms do. Cost per click here, several hundred dollars for each click, but they're spending a fortune trying to get in that first position for the people that are urgently searching for a lawyer that they've been in an accident, but they might actually be optimizing for the wrong thing. I just want to get number one and get as many clicks on my ad as possible, but those clicks on the ad could lead to either phone calls that end up in cases that are just not even worthwhile, or leads that might even be spam leads from, from click farms, as we know. Like, that, that is a huge problem right now on Google. So, I mean, the, the, the challenge is, is that, you know, most personal injury lawyers are sort of bidding on the wrong things, and if they have the patience, and if they have sort of the wherewithal, or an understanding that if you're using this 90-day window, and you're using something else, which I know you guys use quite a bit, is offline conversion tracking. You can still send the success signal back to Google if an accident happened within that 90-day period. And that's the key with all this. So we're not optimizing for calls. We're not optimizing for leads. We're optimizing for signed cases. And that is the part of this that actually makes it work so that you can spend hundreds of dollars, if not $873 you know, on one click. Does that make sense? How does that strike you as a, as no, a Google it's, ad agency? It's brilliant. And it's, it's something that I think it's the classic argument between sales and marketing. You know, and, and neither party is right, but they all optimize for something that's diametrically opposed to the other. Marketing is going to optimize for things like CPC and CPL, and then sales is going to optimize for, you know, close rates and whatnot. But CPC doesn't, doesn't equate to quality of lead or CPL more appropriately. So you need to align your goals towards an end result that actually, you know, the whole organization can drive to and it's exactly what you're saying. And you can move this fulcrum. You can move the fulcrum forward and optimize for something, you know, early stage or move it later. Let's say that you're not a personal injury attorney. Let's say you're a SaaS company or you're a, a consumable e-commerce product. You could move it to see and optimize for the clients that stick around the longest. It's like, yeah, you bought my tube of toothpaste one time, but did you come back next month? And if not, that's the conversion I'm going to track.
Yep. So you get really strategic about what you're tracking, what you're optimizing for. Yeah, and this is like at the at the center of this is that 90-day conversion window and the offline conversion tracking. And I, I'm not going to kid you here, and I know you guys have set this up, and you've got a crack dev team. Like, this shit is not easy to set up. No, it's a nightmare. <laughs> it's it a nightmare. Time. Every time a website yeah. gets updated, a CMS gets updated, a plugin gets updated, like it's always breaking. It's always breaking. It's always yeah. breaking. Literally, like this case study is from September through December of the end of last year. And I think, you know, whenever you throw out these big numbers of, you know, 315 cases, which is basically what we got for these guys and a half a million dollars spent, you're like, oh, that's easy. Well, the first two to three months were hell. And thank God this customer, this, this client, like had patience. They had patience with us. Mm-hmm. This is not something that happens overnight. Setting up con- offline conversion tracking took two months because there were so many complexities involved in it. And I'm not saying that that's always going to be the case, but the point is, is if you're a personal injury lawyer and you're listening to this and you're like, oh, I want to hire tier 11. Well, you know, if you want results within the first week, don't call us. <laughs> don't contact us. Seriously. Like, this is a long game. These guys were patient. They've spent money on Super Bowl ads. Like, they know they're in it for the long term. If you're in it for, I want a case tomorrow, and I want to hire Solutions 8 or Tier 11 or whatever, like, forget it. Call somebody else. Because it doesn't work that way. Marketing takes time. It takes grit. It takes a lot of work. And we figured this out, 90-day conversion window and offline tracking. And we switched up how they were bidding for these keywords. And I know you're a big fan of Google Smart Bidding. They were using manual bidding here. And we shifted it over to smart bidding. So the, the algorithm would only bid high when they saw the potential for a signed case. Going back to 90-day conversion window, going back to 72 million data points on the people who are most likely to be in a car accident. And we're now feeding the algorithm, find people like this that are signed cases. Not just people who are going to click on my ad waste my CPC at $200 a pop, and then call and waste time with my staff. No, we don't want to target those people. We want to target people who have legitimate cases that we can legitimately help. Whether this is for good or for ill, like in my opinion, it's for the good. Like Somebody got screwed by the insurance company, and we have cases of these and actually testimonials that show like these, these people were just getting the runarounds. Like all those big commercials that you see on Sunday afternoons when you're watching football, every other one is a freaking insurance company. They're, they are spending billions, but they do not want to make payouts in most cases. And this is what this is helping. And because these guys are really like they're doing the right thing, we're leveraging the power of this algorithm in the right way. And but it takes time and you have to be patient. Thoughts? The patience piece is hard to sell as an agency owner because we charge a monthly fee. And so clients come to you and they're like, well, yeah, of course you're saying that. You know, the longer it takes, the more you get paid. What I want to say that hopefully doesn't come across as combative, and this is true whether or not you have an in-house or an outsourced team, we're not profitable in the first 90 days. Ralph, I'm sure your agency is probably close to this. Yeah. Uh, Sometimes it's longer. The amount of time, effort, energy that goes into early stage campaigns, it means that for the first 90 days, we're generally in the red, which is why we actually don't take clients that we don't think are going to be successful long-term because for us, it's a long-term game. I have, I have an economy of scale. I get more profitable as a client sticks with me longer and longer. And I'm saying that to let people know, like, we're not telling you to be patient because we're trying to run the clock out on you. 
we're telling you to be patient because we don't want you to stop three feet from gold. And I see mm. that as often as not. You should see, after about 90 days in Google specifically, you should see a good trend line. You right. should know like, okay, I think I'm headed in the right direction. You won't necessarily be in the black. But, you know, to think like, oh, I advertised today, what happened tomorrow? Like that short epoch, that, that way of thinking is, it's just catastrophically damaging. And so, you know, if an agency takes your money under those terms, they're either massively immature or they're just, you know, one of those churn and burn types. And for your internal team, the, the problem with internal teams is it's full of employees and employees say yes. Yep. So you're going to go run this Google ad campaign with your internal team. You're going to give it 30 to 60 days and say, all right, well, that didn't work. Let's move on. And they're going to say, yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. And they're not going to fight you and say, no, it's going to take 180 days to prove concept. And we're not even at the 90 day proof of concept mark. So you got to give this time. I think that uh, I'm sorry I jumped on a soapbox there, but you asked me for my thoughts. No, I couldn't agree more. I mean, I think it's hard because we've noticed that with clients that we take on, like there, and you'll see this inside this case study when we get to all the different steps. And this is probably going to be a two part episode here, just because there's so much to this. Has to be. But the first couple of weeks, two, three weeks when somebody comes on board with tier 11, you're not seeing a whole lot. You're seeing, cause we're doing all the research, all the stuff behind the scenes, doing the dev, doing the tracking setup, like all that stuff. It's like, all right, when am I going to get leads? When am I going to get leads? It might not be until the first month because it takes that much time for us to formulate our messaging and it's a complex process. So if you are, if you have an internal team, give them time. If you have an agency, you need to give us time. And if you don't have that patience, we don't want to talk to you, really. Because we'll go somewhere else. These guys did. You know, they, they were, I, I am not going to kid you. Like our, my Google team was like, you know, it was rough for the first couple of months. Like they were like chomping at the bit. I mean, they were very cool. But at the end of the day, we started, I believe, in July, August. We got tracking really set up and things really started to move in September. And that's when all of a sudden things started to kind of get good. Cost per, cost per sign case was, the goal was $4,000. We started getting them in for $3,000. Then months later, $2,000. Then $1,700. Now at our last look, my Google guy just sent me the most recent data. It's $1,500. So wow, we got 315 signed cases at $1,600 through December. And now it's even lower. And we're scaling up on a $500,000 spend. Like that is not an insignificant spend by any stretch. So I think marketers just in general, like they always are looking for the short, the, the immediate wins. And yes, you want the immediate wins. And I think as an agency or as an internal team, you have to keep your customer updated through communication. Like this is what we're doing. Okay. Every single day, like here's what we're doing today. Here's what we're doing tomorrow. Here's our plan for next week. This is when we're going to start seeing some level of, of results. But once again, we're testing to cold traffic. We don't know how it's all going to work. There is, there is no easy button when it comes to this. And I think your comments on, on patience are, are very relevant here. Thankfully, that was the case. But these guys had spent about $1.3 million on Google ads, primarily no meta ads in the last year. They had no idea. They had no idea if it was working. They're like, yeah, we seem to be getting calls and leads, but we didn't have any tracking, didn't have offline conversions. They, you know, they were using manual bidding. Like, they were doing so many 
wrong things, but that's okay because that's typically, you know, types of customer accounts that we see and that we can potentially help. But it, in this case, that's how we could spend, and you'll actually see this in the screenshot, like attorney for car wreck. We bid on that, paid $873.89, one click, and it was a signed case within two weeks. Because the algorithm, we reported it back into Google, and now it now feeds back into the algorithm to the 72 million data points that say, all right, this is the type of person that we want you to target out there who has the potential for a signed case, not a call, not a lead, a signed case, which will turn into the average, the average payout for a personal injury case is only about twenty-five dollars to $30,000 cost. I don't know if you realize that, but... No, I always assumed it was much higher. I just yeah. figured they all approached a million bucks. That's why everybody was melting the phones for these. Yeah, there are the cases where it is several million dollars, so, but that's the average. What was happening with these guys is that, and even if you do that, if you, t if you do the multiplication here, like that's going to be, you know, seven, eight million dollars potentially in payouts. And to the firm, it's going to be, you know, 40% of that. 30% of that, depending on what the, the payout is and the pay for performance model that they use. So there is substantial payouts here, but the thing that was they were doing is that they were bidding on all these keywords and they were getting, you know, workman's comp cases, slip and fall cases, which fortunately or unfortunately, you know, five or six years of experience doing SEO for personal injury. And I know those cases aren't really valuable and they're very hard to get monetization on. So if you really do focus in on the car accident niche, it's a more lucrative niche, but it's also a bigger pain point. And so that was one of the reasons why this thing really works. So we sort of trimmed back all the other sort of nondescript kind of initial cost per click or keywords and really focused in on the car accident niche. So let's get into how we actually did this. And first thing we did is we had to diagnose what their problems were. So they come on, this is July of 2022. The first thing we do is we go in and we look at, all right, who actually is their avatar? <laughs> and they didn't know, but we did a, a process called Creative Lab Deep Dive Research, and we came up with two very distinct avatars. One which was very much in tune with Google ads and another one, a second avatar, which was perfect for meta ads. And we'll get into that in just a second. So their ads were really ineffective because they didn't really speak to the known end desire of either one of those avatars. As a result, their ads just weren't resonating. They were just getting lost in the crowd with everybody else. And we see a lot of personal injury like this, that just like very generic. So they were doing what everybody else was doing in the space. The second thing is, is that, like I said, they had spent 1.3 million on Google ads from April to March. And had basically given up on the platform when they contacted us in June, July, and we started working together. They had no conversion tracking in place. <laughs> so how are you supposed to actually train Google's algorithm if you don't have no conversion tracking in place? So like you said before, we these guys were ready for success, but they also had the patience, which I think is important. I know you guys screen pretty heavily for this. They were not running anything on paid social. Facebook and Instagram at all. They had tried paid social in the past had no success and they said, just said, which is typical, you know, Facebook ads just don't work for us, which is fine because that is oftentimes the case. 
And that's the reason why I guess you have agencies and crack people that, you know, really know what they're doing because cracking the code on meta traffic and cold traffic is not easy to do. One of the things is that they also had landing pages that were really sort of outdated and they were losing a lot of clients. We felt because of them, they had a confusing above the fold structure. It was sort of divvied up into these four blocks and five different fonts and the design of the intake form lended itself to too much spam and click farms and all that sort of stuff. They had no descriptions, so they weren't really differentiating. There was a lot of work to do after the click. And it, in this case, this is actually sort of a hybrid. They didn't even have a phone number at the top of the page. And this, in this image that you see here, they actually did. In most cases, they did not though, which is kind of counterintuitive. They had a click to call button, but it didn't have the phone number. So people weren't clicking it. And as soon as, as soon as we revised these and we put the phone number on, we all of a sudden on a heat map, we could see like everybody was clicking on the phone number. And the first version, like one in 10 were clicking on the phone number. And the second version, about seven in 10 were clicking on the phone number. So just little things like that. On the mobile site, same kind of thing. You had to do like three to five thumb scrolls at the top. It was just too much text. Only one unique type of proof on the landers. They had sort of these five-star ratings. They didn't have any video. There was a display bug. There was, you know, it was just a horrible sort of mobile experience, really sort of choppy design. So we immediately realized like there's an opportunity for Google and Facebook working together. But the third thing is really is after the click, how can we optimize the landing page and make it really distinct, easier for the user to be able to do the action that we want them to do, which is fill out the form or click to call. And so we made some changes there, but we realized, you know, when we, we did the assessment, we did our sort of diagnosis, there were a lot of different areas in which we could potentially improve here. So always good to have that where you have a plan and you have a way in which you think that you can make that diagnosis and ultimately a, a prescription. Just out of curiosity, Ralph, what heat mapping software are y'all using? We use Lucky Orange. They're my favorite too. They're the ones that we use. Yeah, it's super funny. good. So we'll install Lucky Orange, and we don't do any services after the click. So if I ever have Lucky Orange, it's just because, A, there's a problem we're trying to diagnose, or B, it's for me. I install it. I forget to look at it for months. And then I go back, and I'm like, oh, my God. Like, there's an insane amount of value here. And really small, little teeny tiny tweaks, people clicking on things that aren't links that should be links or, you know, whatever, just watching the user experience. So I think it's really cool that y'all do that. Have you processized how to review that? Is that like a, a standard operating procedure inside of y'all's agency once a month, once a week review of the heat maps or screen recordings or how do you build the system there? Yeah, I think what we do, and I think there's always better ways to do it and to to include it into an SOP. I, I would have to double check on it, but my sense is that it's one of those things that's immediately installed and then it's it's reviewed periodically. You know, whether or not it's at regular intervals, but it's in that test period in the first month or so. Mm. Once again, like this is all right. Hey, we're gonna you know do this landing page stuff for you guys, and then you know this is what we're going to do. The first 30 days, sometimes you don't see a new landing page. You see, like, what are we going to do to gather the data to make the improvements on the landing page? So once again, this, this involves a lot of work, but it's not something that you actually see. It's like all this activity is going on below the surface, and all you really see is the tip of the iceberg on top, which is basically calls and communication and everything else. But gathering that data 
is so important and, and Lucky Orange, I believe, is installed like one of the first things that's installed in order to, to get this kind of data. So we'll have an idea on what things we needed to improve on. Like we didn't realize that having a box that says call now is different from a call to action perspective than putting the actual phone number on. Hmm. Like that was a, but we realized not many people were clicking on that because they're clicking on the ad on the mobile and they're not going to that. So as soon as we saw that, they were clicking on other things like to try and scroll and try to get to the call to action. We realized, all right, well, we need to put the phone number on there front and center because somebody knows that when you click that phone number, it's going to open that tiny little screen that says, do you want to call blah, 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 blah number? And then you click it on your phone. And somebody who's it just had a car accident or whatever it happens to be, like they, they need to know what to do in that moment. And remember, these are people that are rattled, especially on the Google side. The event just happened. Like make it as simple and as stupid proof as possible. Mm. And that's well, what the and goal it's was. The sense of urgency for that prospect is high. Yeah. You know, like you have to take that into consideration too. It's shocking to me how many clients don't want to prioritize phone calls. And I'm like, oh, you mean your most important lead? You don't want those? You know, it's like, well, yeah, what if I'm out or those are, it's hard to automate or they're hard to track. And I'm just like, dear God, man, what are we doing here? You know, and it's so easy to fix. Go hire, call Ruby. And you call use Ruby Rail in this case. Yep. Yeah. So like, but what I'm saying is you can actually hire a human to answer the phone, answer the phone, run a script. They're, you know, friendly and kind and whatever. And uh, you just solve that problem and, and put yourself in a position to receive leads that now your com competitors can't receive because they're playing the same game everybody else is. Yeah. Yeah. And one of the keys here is that some of the personal injury lawyers that I've worked with in the past don't have 24 seven right. access. Like you, for this to work, <laughs> I mean, car accidents don't happen just nine to five. Like you need 24 seven. So once again, this is working with a client in a challenging space, Kasim, who just got it. You know what I mean? And like, that's the important part. This is not a one way street. It's like, we do everything like you guys need to help us here. Mm. This is, this is, even though we're the vendor. Yeah. Like we're your partner. So dude, I've uh, thought about that. I've thought about an agency that just brings it all the way. We'll do the entire website. We'll actually answer the phone. We'll do the lead intake. We'll train the salespeople. We'll go hire Cole Gordon, you know, we'll et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But then I want half, you know what I mean? I want 50% of your net profit. And you and I are now business partners, like, because it's, it's just, it's getting so hard to convince people that, like, if you tell Google, hey, I sell this thing to these people, and Google puts these things in front of these people and they don't buy, whose fault is that? Yep. You know? Yep. Anyway, that got more combative than I meant it to, Ralph. No, no, no. I think it's, we're heading that direction. We're not quite full on like that, but that's where we're really headed. I, I think agencies in general, unless you're super, super niche in one particular thing that you do better than anybody else in the world, I think, you know, agencies that are using a lot of different methodologies to get results for customers have to look at this as a partnership more so than anything, as opposed to just a sort of a straight fee for service kind of arrangement. So, but yeah, I totally agree. So step two was deploy what we refer to as customer acquisition amplification. So this is just a, a super system that we use and we'll leave links in the show notes to get obviously the, the, the download to this so you can see it yourself. But this is just our framework that we use in the, the entire agency that blends all the different tools that we have to get results for customers and starts with 
the Creative Lab, which we'll get into in just a second, this traffic harmonizer system, which is blending, you know, in this case, meta ads with Google ads, as well as conversion architecture, which is after the click. And then we also have email, we have Creative Lab deep dive research. There's a couple of different things that offshoot from this. But this whole framework, and, and you'll see the visual, either whether you're watching the video here or you know you get it at home. It, like we use this, everybody uses this inside our agency. It's like our frame, it's our thing, and we deployed certain sections of it. And this one, we deployed almost the entire thing, <laughs> with the exception of very, very bottom of funnel, as you'll see. But in a lot of cases, custom, we might only focus in on level one cold traffic and not really do much with retargeting, or maybe we'll just help them with top of funnel, or maybe it's really, it's just about, you know, creating scroll stopping ads up in the creative lab. But in this one, we took it sort of all the way through. It's almost like it's a, what we refer to as a full camp customer acquisition application. But this was the frame that we used to deploy all the different steps. But I think it's important to have frameworks and to have SOPs that you so you can standardize your approach to how you get results for customers. And we found that this works really, really well well yeah this is great I, I look at this and it gives me heart palpitations i can't imagine being the service provider that has to fulfill in all this i don't envy <laughs> you your job well hopefully you don't have to do all of them this one we did we pulled out all the stops for these guys just in i think it shows in the results here well this has been a lot of fun this has been this is like one of the most exciting case studies I think we've been a part of here at Tier 11. Hopefully, you know, you were able to get something from this, whether or not you're a personal injury lawyer or not. If you are a personal injury lawyer and you're patient and want to deploy this and want to work with us, we'd be happy to talk with you. If you want results within two to three weeks, don't call us. Call somebody else. <laughs> I think I said that before. But seriously, like this is, we're pretty excited about this. Like cracking the code in this space is very rare. I've been at it doing this for 10 years and I haven't seen anything like this. I'm pretty proud of our team to be able to execute the way that we, we have here. So certainly contact us over at tier11.com. There's our little pitch. In the meantime, subscribe and leave a rating wherever you are listening to this show and let us know what we can do better. We also still have the perpetualtraffic.com website. So that is now ours. Thank you very much, Ryan Dice. And forward slash better on perpetualtraffic.com. Go over there and, and put in some words of you know things that you want to see or, or ways in which we can improve. We, we read every single one of those. Make sure you follow me over on LinkedIn and also on Twitter. I'm now back on Twitter, Kasim. Are you tweeting? And, yeah, I'm tweeting. I'm tweeting, tweeting on a regular basis. But yeah, is it definitely you, check. You on to Twitter? Is that what brought you back over? Uh, no, nothing to do with it. We don't care. <laughs> if anything, it'd probably make me not want to be on Twitter. But anyway, that's a whole other conversation. But follow Qasim on Twitter at Qasim Aslam on Twitter. Your tweets are awesome, man. Go back and listen to previous episodes and all resources that we mentioned here will be in the show notes are at perpetualtraffic.com. On behalf of my awesome co-host, Qasim Aslam. Peace. Until next show, see ya. You've been listening to Perpetual Traffic, 